Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's the American Pale Males podcast. My name is Michael, and with me is my co-host. It's me, Jeremy. It's always hard not to uh, kind of snicker a little bit at these <laughs> non-themed entries. And she's like, uh, 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 oh, uh, uh, hey. That was the yeah, ultimate casual intro. Um, which, which is fine. Don't get yeah, me wrong. Yeah, I couldn't think of anything, so why not rein it in? You know, we use the time.gov website we do. to sync the episode, and they just revamped that website. It's intense, man. It is. And I'm fascinated by the, now they show the different time zones and how irregular they are. Like, it's not by state at all. It's very much divided into counties along the borders. It's, I mean, is it though? Well, look at like Wisconsin and then yeah. the Upper Peninsula. Look at Oregon and Idaho. Yeah, Idaho is the the, the little stick up part is oh, anyway. It's almost like time is a construct and has no real meaning, and it's only <laughs> been arranged around our uh, oh, what's the circadian rhythm? Thank yes, you. there you go. Um, very bizarre. Yes, uh, being from Iowa originally, it, we're smack in the middle of that. Never had to deal with any of that border stuff. Michael, what's the farthest away you've done in time zone domestically? West Coast? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to roll. Well, I guess Alaska, technically. Oh, did you go to Alaska, too? I forget about these things. (laughs) Yeah, I did, yeah. I was going to rub it in your face. Did you go to Aleutian (laughs) Standard Time or Alaska Standard Time? Um, I didn't even know there was a difference. Apparently, there is. I think Alaska... If you're on main, I think Aleutian is like way, way, way yeah. out in the tip because that's on the same time as Hawaiian standard oh, time. Oh, yeah. That's weird to think Alaska, you can be on Alaska Islands and you're on essentially lined up with Hawaii. Well, it's, it's one of those things like how it's, isn't it easier to fly to like Alaska from Japan and then down or yeah, so, you, something? You don't go straight on a map. You would curve up towards the North Pole. Dude, the curvature of the earth. Uh, anyway. Anyways, uh, Michael, how about you hit me with the beer brag? You go first. Yes. I had a beer from... Who, who's in Quebec? Who does the... Unibrew? Yes, Unibrew. Called Trace Pistoles. Ooh. That's one of those ones that you always see in the bottles, kind of by aforementioned La Fin du Monde. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those ones like that Maudite, I believe, was another one that I just never really got around to. So I'm, 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 yeah. I'm excited to see what you think about this one. Yes. Um, and wait, maybe it's Trois Pistoles? I guess that'd make, yes. Trace Pistoles would be one of those things if that beer was aged in like a tequila barrel or something. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really good. It's, it's rich. It's complex. It's 9%, uh, but you really don't notice that. Um, but it has a taste of like uh, licorice, um, red licorice kind of, but not like the sweetness of it. Red licorice, really? Yeah. A nice roast. And I think that red licorice is also in part due to like just the caramel notes that are in there. Okay. Has a yeasty flavor to it too. Sure. And because it's such a high ABV, but you don't taste that, and because it also has a pretty relatively thin body, it's kind of bizarre in that regard. Um, that was the only thing that was kind of throwing me off is how thin the body was for how potent the beer is in its ABV and its flavor. Uh, but once you set that aside, it's, it's very good. Interesting. Um, let's see a little 
very short um, flavor text here. Brewed since 1997, due to its complex character, this beer immediately attracted a lot of fans. Its fruity notes and high alcohol level often draw comparisons to port. Huh. And it's a darker beer, too. So I thought, oh, that'd be good for the Dark Hole series. So yeah, I was on uh, Tap Some at a restaurant, and I'm like, I'm just going to go for this one. It's kind of, like you said, it's one that you kind of see, but never really jump at. It's just kind of always there, and like, well, I'm getting it this time, so... I also wonder if on a lot of those beers that are imported from, you know, Quebec or Belgium or wherever, if they do in fact just sit there on the shelf until someone buys them. Right. Like, they're kind of built for that. I mean, exactly. Like the Delirium Tremens for a a similar, not similar sort of thing. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've gotten a few bottles of that at points in the past, however long of life, 15 years, good Mm -hmm. lord. Um (laughs) That have had a, a significant amount of dust on the bottle. Right. Yeah. And it's, and it's fine because the beer is in a ceramic bottle, or air quotes, yeah, ceramic bottle. Opaque. Opaque. At, at least. And yeah. it just uh, keeps all that nasty light and uh, protects and it, all manner of photosensitive uh, materials yeah. in it. And it works That's out good, well. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah, so it was good. Uh, you know, worth uh, looking into if you ever get the opportunity. Uh, what is your beer brag, Jeremy? So this past Saturday, I was uh, it was insanely nice out, like unseasonably warm out in my yeah. the woods. Oh yeah, same here. So I had a few errands to run, went out and ran said errands, and then I went to Big Grove Brewery because they finally finished off their sort of it's not semi annual and it's not biannual or biennial. It's just sort of whenever they feel like it. Mm-hmm. They tend to do a series of uh, themed IPAs. Yes. The first one, I don't remember the name of it, but it was like the four IPAs of the apocalypse. <laughs> and uh-huh. it, like one was named like, uh, they were just all named after, you know, different horsemen of the apocalypse. Sure. Second one was the Haze Apocalypse, where oh, yes. they, it was uh, themed like cars and uh Mad Max, essentially. Well, this year, they have done three seasons of hazier things. Okay. I think it's like every once every three weeks, they released two different hazy IPAs. And I didn't find any of the first ones. But I did have... They released the third one this past Friday. And I had Starcourt and... Oh, God. what uh, Neverending Story, which... If you've seen the show, you'll understand why they're named that. Mm-hmm. And these are Imperial Hazy IPAs, Michael. Oh, so they're big dogs, heavy hitters? Uh, one of them was 9.5, the other one was 8.5, so I'm glad okay. that I had the uh, five-ounce pours of these. Yeah. Um, I'll do it. But it's it's weird when you one comes across a Hazy IPA like that that is so strong because yeah. normally you only get the... You know, just the the bright, fruity hop haze out of it and nothing else, which mm-hmm. is fine. But with these, you have that and a decent amount of warmth on there and a pretty strong malt body. It's kind of weird, to be honest with you, but it was mm-hmm. very tasty. They're both very good. They also had, I also got a taster of one from season two, which was called Justice for Barb. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm picking this yeah, up yeah. now. And that one apparently was a whole leaf hazy IPA. Oh, interesting. And what was the most unusual part about that is 
it had a little bit of bitterness into it, but it still had the full um, bright, fruity blast that one would mm-hmm. expect. So it has all of that. It tasted exactly like an IPA with just a slight bit of a bitter aftertaste, which was weird. And I'm still not quite sure what to think of it, but it was good. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, hazier things. If you can find them, check them out. They sell them on tap and in four packs, so two of each season in a four pack. They're good. I don't know if they're sixteen bucks for a four pack good or or whatever the uh, MSRP okay. is for it. It's one of those like premium. Right, you're right. Which a lot probably of worth getting on tap, but maybe not in that. Yeah, like they do format. the same thing with King Sue, which bothers me a lot of those toppling goliath new ones that i really want to try only sold in four packs and they are just like they're just too expensive for me to justify right like it's 18 dollars for a four pack and it's just like come on man i miss i miss you know 12 dollar bombers at least that felt classier i realize (laughs) you're getting like less beer out of it but it just i don't know so there's a sticker shock or some sort I'm some sort of economic fallacy or law that that's happening that I can't name but I know what mm-hmm. you're saying though. It's yeah, analysis paralysis, no that's not correct. Right. Eh, whatever. It'd be nice if like once a year those breweries release those four packs, but it's a variety four pack. So that would be delightful. Hooks you on, you know, a favorite. You can try each one, pick a mm-hmm. favorite, and then you can go from there. But anyway. See, that I would actually do. And, like, I mean, Toppling Goliath is starting to dip their toe into stouts more and more. Yes, like, you can I get Morning that. Latte Yeah. in a four-pack. You can get, uh, there's another one that I don't remember. But, yeah, they're getting there. And I would definitely try one that had, like, regular Pseudo-Sue, King Sue, and then, you know, fill in the blank with any manner of IPAs they have. Mm-hmm. I mean, why not? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jeremy, I have a little movie quiz for you. Okay. Uh, you know, we're wrapping up the Dark Hole series. Well, we're flying into the Dark Hole. I don't know what's going to happen. We are. But... We are. It's... Life's been getting weird. <laughs> yeah. So, I have a quiz about movies that have black holes as a major plot point. Okay. And I'm on the Wikipedia page. Don't look at it. I'm not. Black holes in fiction. Okay. And I will read the description provided on Wikipedia, and you can see if you can guess the movie. Okay. And uh, if you need a bonus hint, I can give you the year. And then if you need another hint, I can get into like more technical details. So here we go. First one. Shoot. Very simple description. A major science fiction film. Featuring a derelict ship at the edge of a black hole. Ah, uh, this is 1997, starring Lawrence Fishburne. This is uh, Event This or 90, shoot, uh, 98, Lawrence Fishburne and Event Horizon? That's incorrect. Really? Okay, this is say it again. A major science fiction film featuring a derelict... Oh, major. <laughs> featuring a derelict ship at the edge of a black hole. What year? 1979. Oh, it's the black hole. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <Yes>. okay. <laughs> now, Jeremy, how about this one? That Have you seen the black hole, by the way? No. It's bad. <laughs> That's what I thought. It's, Isn't it's, it kind of one of those real 
cheesy movies, like almost so bad it's good type movies. Well, it was Disney trying to do a knockoff of uh, Star Wars. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Quickly, I might add. Huh. But, uh, yeah, that's that's where that one came from. Anyways. Next one. Fun fact. Go for it. A spaceship is created to travel faster than light to Alpha Centauri through the use of a machine that creates an artificial black hole. The ship accidentally passes into another dimension and mysteriously returns seven years later. <laughs> oh, this one's Event Horizon. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did I get the year right? Was it 98 or 97? It's 97. Okay. You were right. I shouldn't have second-guessed myself. <laughs> the next line is found derelict in orbit around Neptune with the entire crew missing. So two films featuring derelict ships. Have, have, have you seen Event Horizon? <laughs> I've not. Now, that I'm... one you would like. That one gets weird. Yeah, doesn't it, isn't it a little intense? Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's not like new wave of French extremity horror. <laughs> right. Intense, but there's some pretty freaky stuff in that. Yeah. Next one. Uh, let's see. I'm going to skip the studio. Let's see. In an animated sci-fi version of Treasure Island, the RLS Legacy encounters a black hole where a ruthless crew member named Scroop cuts the lifeline off the overboard first mate, Mr. Arrow, who is then pulled into his death into a black hole. So this is an animated update of Treasure Island. This is Mm -hmm. Treasure Planet? Yes, yes it is. Okay, the only reason why I knew that is some, like a couple years ago, my wife and I and a friend went to Disney Trivia at Big Grove, Mm -hmm. and it had... I believe our quiz master said there were somewhere in the neighborhood of like 400 people there. Oh my God. Yeah. So it was insane. And the only way that you can do that without, you know, having like 300 perfect scores is you got to go real deep on some yeah, of those right. ones. And so that means basically anything Disney released from like 2001 to 2007 that wasn't Pixar. Right, and or so, like the computer wore tennis shoes or, or something exactly. like that. Or <laughs> just the the B and or C level Disney movies. And that is the only reason why I know that answer. Oh, okay. It's because it was in that trivia, and I'm like, never heard of it. And, yeah, it was uh, a big flop. Yeah, yeah, it um, was. <laughs> it was like the end of Disney's animated era, almost. Well, it's, it kind of came back, didn't it? Well, non-CG. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, although, well, even though there was a lot of CG in that movie, but it was still... Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, this one, you get a automatic lifeline because it's a very short description. All right. And it has the movie title in it, so I'm going to say blank instead. Mm-hmm. It is revealed that blank is a giant black hole. That's the description of the movie. In the, in the article, yeah. And the blank is the name of the film. Mm-hmm. What year? 2005. Oh, boy. Director? Director is John Favreau. Is this Cowboys and Aliens? <laughs> it's not, no. Um, Stardust? No, that was 2007. That's another good guess, yeah. That was also um, a trivia answer recently. Here's a... It is an adaptation of the 2002 children's book of the same name by the author of Jumanji. Unlike the book... The film contains no direct connection to Jumanji, though it was marketed as taken in the same fictional universe as the 1995 film. Who stars in this movie? Josh Hutcherson, 
Dax Shepard. Oh, God. Jonah Bobo. Kristen Stewart. Tim Robbins. I have no idea. Uh, Frank Oz is a voice in it. Frank Oz is a voice in everything. That doesn't <laughs> This film is called Zathura. Oh, yeah. I could have. I don't, I'm not going to say I could have pulled that, but now that you say it, it's, it's like, oh yeah, it's that John Favreau movie that nobody watched. Yeah, yeah. It was apparently pretty good. Yeah. Um, apparently didn't do the greatest, but mm-hmm. yeah, anyway, let's go with this one. It has some key elements that would give it away, so I'm going to blank those out just so you know what's going on. Gotcha. Red matter is used by blank to create an artificial black hole to absorb a supernova and later by another character in the movie to destroy a planet. Traversing through the black hole created caused the characters to travel through time and ultimately change the past. I think the key there is red matter, if you've seen this movie. That is a key... Red matter. Now, red matter is is what's printed. That's not you replacing something, correct? No, that is... is, I think that's even what they call in the movie, and it's kind of a big MacGuffin plot point altering thing. I think oh. people whined about that. Is this Looper? No. No. They have just have time machines in them. Yeah. The time thing is throwing me off. Yeah. Who di- who directed it? Oh, that's going to give it away. Okay. Uh, um, Alright, what year did it come out? It's 2009. Is it Interstellar? No. Not Interstellar. No, because they, they can't go... Ah, spoilers. Uh... <laughs> that's, that's the whole point of the movie. Well, whatever. That movie did um, come out quite some time ago. They can't go else? back in time. That's the whole point of the movie. Oh, God. I can't even give you actors because it's going to... I'm blanking, Michael. I'll say this. It's a franchise. Big franchise. It's not Avatar. Nope. Franchise with many movies. Probably ten so, over the years. So this is it's not a Marvel movie? Mm-mm. It's not a Star Wars. Or is it Rogue One? No. Nope. I, I, I fell asleep during Rogue One. <laughs> it's not a Star Wars movie, correct? That is correct. Okay. Not a Star Trek movie. It is Star Trek. Oh, it is? Okay. Is yes. it, is it uh, let's see, 2009 would have been the the first reboot? Or yeah. the second reboot? First the one. first one. It's the first one. That's an okay movie. A lot of it takes yeah. place in Riverside, Iowa. <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, yeah, so Spock has this red matter stuff, and I don't know, the bad guys get a hold of it, destroy his home planet, and then they go back in time. It was. Oh, that's right. I I only saw that movie the one time. Yeah, yeah. It was. They're fine. It wasn't bad. No, it, it was yeah. fine. The second one was uh, not great. <laughs> if they just would have been like, oh no, he's Khan. We're not even going to try to hide it. <laughs> it's just like uh, and then they have. did you see the second one? I don't think I saw the second one do you one. plan on seeing the second one? I can't imagine you plan on seeing Star Trek no in the I don't think so okay well spoiler alert for those who have not seen it and want to see it even though it's like a decade old by now uh, so you know at the end of Star Trek 2 The Wrath of Khan, Khan or, uh, Spock dies yes. saving the crew and it's this big thing and he's like dead and they launch his rotting corpse out into uh, space. And like a little coffin thing, right? Correct. And then in the third one, they go find him, and it's like there's something about a regenerating planet or some such hogwash. Yeah. (laughs) I think in the second reboot, he's dead for all of like 
five minutes and then they bring him back to life. Thus completely <laughs> negating the plot point. And oh yeah, God. it's not well done. So not well done that I didn't even bother seeing the well-regarded third one. Were you a Star Trek guy, Michael? Not really. I mean, I find it mildly interesting, but it's not. Wrath of Khan is fun because Ricardo Montalban and his big plastic chest are <laughs> having <laughs> yeah. it up. But the rest of, and I kind of like the first one because I have vague memories of seeing it on like one of those weird 9.5 channels that only are broadcast for about 100 miles in any direction over the air at my grandmother's place when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just like this weird psychedelic thing with a bald lady and like the Voyager Oh, Pro. yeah. And Is that the... V'ger, man. V'ger, V'ger. <laughs> <laughs> but so like I I faintly remember that, but I'm not about to watch it again and ruin that memory. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. But it's yeah. just, it was always so lame. Or the, even the action was lame. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I, I I guess I could never get that far into it. Yeah, me neither. Um, even though in principle it seems okay. There's just so many. Well, that's the other thing too. Yeah, it's like so, I mean, you have the next even, generation. Even if, even you, if have, you just want to go OG, there's Voyager. still like what sixty some odd episodes of the original series. Yeah, that's like forty five minutes. That's that that ain't nothing. <laughs> But, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Final one. A wormhole leads to a supermassive black hole called Gargantua, <laughs> located 10 billion light years from Earth and orbited by several planets. For one of the planets, named Miller's Planet, an hour equals seven years on Earth due to the dramatic time dilation. Ah, yes. Yes. Yeah, this is interstellar. Said, that's correct. We, we were briefly discussing this beforehand, and I had I... Uh known what the quiz was going to be about, I would have refrained. But yeah. it's a solid movie. This this the air quotes science is little suspect, but it's it's not like egregious or anything. It's not right. it's not Avatar or anything like that. <laughs> right, yeah. It's like at least rooted in some yeah, yeah. actual science. And I think the, some of the uh, visual effects, like they had to like write computer programs to make the gravitational lensing effects. Oh, and, really? Yeah, and I think that has been since used in research. So there's some sort oh, of oh, cool, actual. Yeah, I feel like I can't like verify that right now, but I feel like I heard that. The problem with these hard science sci-fi movies is that you have there's so much explaining going on. And you yeah. have to do that because the concepts are so insane. Right, yeah. But you have to do that in a way that's semi-entertaining to watch at the very least. Like, mm-hmm. Annihilation does it well. Mm-hmm. Gets my highest regards. Uh, ugh. Onward. Yes, let's onward to our own dark hole. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the FDR um, <laughs> segment. I'm going all out of order here. Uh, where we find a beer, drink a beer, and rate a beer. Um, we're kind of coming out of our dark hole now because we're getting lighter on this a little spectrum. bit, little bit. But it's technically a... A darker if you're going by the name. Perhaps yeah. even the darkest. Oh yeah, well name wise for sure. Uh, apparently it's a brown. Uh, this is from at yeah at Water Brewing or at Water Brewery. Decadent dark chocolate ale, malt beverage brewed with chocolate. And I think that's why I got this, because it said malt beverage on it. I'm like, what does that mean? Well, I if that's a legal thing, or, you know, yeah. I don't know. 
So when you got this, were you did you initially think that this was by uh, Decadent Brewing or Decadent Ales? I didn't, but that wasn't that wasn't lost on me. Okay, because um, I definitely thought that was that. I'm like, oh, who's this Atwater? Do they? Uh, I I was super confused, and then uh, now I'm not as confused. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be exactly that caliber. Um, hey, you don't know that. And, well, I don't know that. Yeah. Well, and part of the reason why I say that is because I think I'm hoping it doesn't matter, but full disclosure, this could be old because I was really kind of digging around for dark beers for the series and might have dug a little too deep in this uh, mix and match, but it's we'll see. I shouldn't, I couldn't, I shouldn't say anything. I should yeah. let the beer speak for itself. Let's crack it open, shall we? Yeah. Do you want to do the flavor? Oh, text? yes. Why? Why? Yes, Michael, I would. If you have it. Yes. I, I do have it. Okay. This is a 5% beer, IBUs of 11, a brown ale, as Michael said, and it's available year-round. Holding true to the Northern English tradition, the decadent dark chocolate ale at its foundation has a nutty profile with a round mouthfeel. Added is a chocolate extract consisting of three blended chocolates of varied depth. The result is a rich but not overtly sweet experience for both the beer and the chocolate enthusiast. Originating in 17th century England, brown ales were held most dear in northern England after World War II. The brown ale influence could also be seen in some early American colonial brewing. Malty nut flavors tend to be more prevalent in the northern English style, whereas more direct malty sweetness tends to lead in the southern English versions. And it uh, has some inspiration behind the artwork, but that doesn't matter because this is an audio format. <laughs> right. It, it kind of looks like a... Uh, Willy Wonka. Like a little bit of a... Oh, wow. Yeah, it does look like Willy Wonka. I was going to say it kind of looks like one of the guys from the second book of The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> I can say that, too. But he has that chocolate bar in his pocket, so yeah, I think yeah. that... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there it is. It, oh, whoa. It smells good. Oh, that's a good sign. And that was that was a good whoa. You'll, you'll see what I mean. Um, oh, that... Um, it's very chocolatey. It's extremely chocolatey, and much like the beer says, not in a uh, ooh sweet fashion. Right. It's th- this aroma reminds me of the same aroma that is found in Shake Chocolate Porter. Uh huh. By the I believe now defunct Boulder Brewing. Boulder Brewing. Yeah. I'm kind of concerned about the body on this one, Michael. Already. Yeah. But you know what? That is going into r- almost a red territory. Like a rusty, a rusty brown. Um, that's interesting. I, it is not bad. It, oh, it, you went in. I did. It is not mine. At least is not like a problem as far as okay. age. Oh, that's good. I'm getting a lot of cocoa as opposed to chocolate. Mm. So less of more of the um, true cocoa flavor or chocolate flavor rather than sugary, sweet candy kind of deal. Correct. Um. I think one thing to keep in mind while having this is that this is a brown ale by definition. Mm-hmm. This is hmm. not a porter, nor is right. it a stout, nor is it a, you know, barrel-aged hua. Yeah. This is a brown ale, and if memory serves, the last brown ale we had at the beginning of our journey was the new castle, yes? Mm-hmm. And, as always, new castles are just a touch thin mm-hmm. and so I'm wondering if that is you know a trade a hallmark that's the word I'm looking for of the yeah. style well you know English beers tend to be thinner too they do and 
you know, based on the flavor text you just read, if this is more traditional, a uh, more traditional brown, it would make sense um, in that regard as well. There's a difference um, between having so I I don't I think weaker is the uh, the wrong term because weaker denotes you know just worse in my mind. Right, right. I think the better way to put it is milder. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. Because I mean, I mean, it's so mild. They named an entire style of beer after it. Right. And not for nothing, but those Welsh milds that I had when I was in Wales, they were anything but thin. But they were. I mean, it's. I mean, I'm pretty sure they'd have to call the police if there was beer over five percent made in, <laughs> yeah. in the UK. So who knows? Um. The. You're right. The age, I don't know if you said this or not, but the age doesn't show really. It, it doesn't harm anything. Do the low IBU? I think this might age well. And I think also part of that is because there's you know a chocolate extract in it. Yes. And so it's not necessarily like using the malts to give the chocolatey flavor. It's using just, I mean, like Hershey syrup for lack of a better word. <laughs> right. Because yeah, yeah. Do you like this beer, Michael? I will say quickly, though, but we can't really confirm the age either because there's no dating on yeah. it. Um, but, yes, I do like the beer. Good. Um, I'm actually pleasantly surprised. Me too. You know, I gave much praise. Yeah, sure, praise to the Shake Chocolate Porter. And this one is reminding me of that a lot, although a little different body yeah. and like a different style clearly as we've been saying but the chocolate flavors here are reminiscent of that and i really liked those in the past so i'm really like same genus notes. different species yeah the chocolate dna holds true for both so hmm. do we think this is a one-trick pony like it just has this really admittedly very good chocolate flavor that's what i'm as far as yeah the negatives but is there any beerosity and that's the other thing I was thinking too. Yeah, absolutely. That's I do like that chocolate flavor, but there's really no other flavors to rant and rave about. There's not a strong beer taste. Now, granted, it's not a negative taste, but it's not even like really there. Perhaps this is why it's a malt beverage as opposed to a, a beer. Yeah, maybe it doesn't have like <laughs> barley in it or something. <laughs> I mean, perhaps. Yeah, but yeah, there's it's. Like, the bad things to say about it, or the negative things to say about it, are just a lack of things. Like, there's a lack of beer, you know, a beer taste. There's a lack of body, I guess. There's not much to hang your hat on except for the chocolate, which I really like, as I said. Sure. But, and I think, overall, the beer is fine. Do we think that this would be better on draft? I don't know how much that would benefit it. It might make it a little, give it more of a little pop than it has now, but I feel like draft beer benefits, hmm, I don't know. Yeast, freshness. Right, like if you have more flavors that require freshness or flavors that need to burst forth mm -hmm. really brightly. Something to pop. Or something to pop, and I don't think anything here really would benefit from a pop. Like, mm -hmm. the chocolate already pops pretty well. And is there any other flavors there? Mm. There's not. There, there not really. really isn't anything, and it's it's kind of watery. Yeah. I don't want to 
besmirch the beer too much, but um, it's better than what we thought. It's yeah, it's kind of a like you said, it's a kind of a one-trick pony. Better than what we thought. I wouldn't mind having it or something like it every now and then, but I wouldn't six-pack it. It'd get boring pretty fast. This would and, be a uh, really good Steve six-pack where you just he has this habit of buying things that look good having one and then forgetting they are there in his basement for about mm-hmm. four months or until I come over and raid his basement. And so if you just like, oh, hey, I remember this beer, then it would be fine, I think. Right. Enough time has to have lapsed that you forget kind of what it tastes like, and then you have it again. Like, oh, yeah, that is real chocolatey. Artificial novelty. And you, yeah, and then you forget about it for another six months, and, oh, yeah, I want to try that again. I'm in a chocolate mood, and then, you know... Granted, this only works with uh, things that can withstand it and don't demand freshness. So, like, you're not going to do this with an IPA. Right, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you can't really do that with some styles. Which Steve finds out the hard way frequently. <sighs> Sorry, oh, I'm no. putting you on blast, brother. <laughs> but uh, I feel like they put all their brain power on the chocolate extract, which is good. Yeah, as... and it's nice to have something different, too, every now and then. It is, but it... It really needs just anything else. Like, if they could do this with just a little bit of a roast. Or yeah, or failing that, like, put put this extract in a golden ale. You, oh, yeah. So you get a nice bright beer flavor with a chocolate notes or something just, like just, that? Just anything. Like a chocolate blonde or something like that, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I suspect that the, uh, the extract is why this beer is the weird ruby red. Maybe, yeah. And the fact that, you know, that there's no, uh, like, malt or roast or anything is why you can see right through this beer immediately. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of, um, I don't know, in lab terminology, you want a, a, a reference sample that's pure, <laughs> like, like, this is a chocolate reference sample, chocolate extract reference sample. We don't do that now, Michael. We're out of the labs. I know. I'm, I'm bringing up uh, work at home, mm-hmm. aren't I? Um, let's get to the R. Let's get to the R. I'll take a sip of judgment. You know, I will do the same thing, Michael. Yeah. It's a little tricky. I want to say I like it, because I do. (laughs) But at the same time... If this was any other sort of... So can we agree that this is just like a straight-up artificial chocolate flavor? I mean, it tastes... Yeah, it's... I mean, it's good. It's good. I don't think they're really, yeah, they're, raking, they're not raking in cocoa nibs into the brew or something like that. They even, yeah, they say they're using extracts. So do um, do we think that this is, you know, like a uh, an analog of, say, like, summer shandy, except not as insipid? Yeah, almost, yeah. It's like a chocolate it's shandy? Kind of... Chocolate shandy. Episode yeah. title right there. <laughs> okay, yeah, we can do that. Um <laughs> Let me say this. Okay, I know what I'm going to rate it. Okay, go for it. um, I was expecting to rate this beer low for several reasons. One, it said malt liquor on it. I thought, well, that has to be... Malt liquor or malt beverage? Malt... What does it say? I don't know. I have a koozie. Malt beverage. Okay, yeah, it says malt beverage. Okay. But your point remains valid. So, And that's part of the why I got it. I got that because I'm like, oh boy, maybe this could be a real stinker. Mm -hmm. Um, It was... I thought it was going to be old. Um, yeah, maybe it can't is. Can't confirm, and maybe it is, but it you know weathered that storm too. That mm-hmm. didn't really factor in, and I thought it was not going to be too spectacular. But despite all those uh, misgivings I had, it still turned out to be relatively decent. I know it's quote unquote artificial chocolate, 
or extract chocolate maybe is more accurate, but I still like it. Lowered bar, man. I'm going to give it a three. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's it's the the benefit of lowered expectations, man. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Um, As if you're out here expecting, you know, uh, La Resolution or something that thick or that spicy or that chocolatey or blah, 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 blah. You're going to be... And then you get this. Woef- woefully, woefully yeah. misled. But uh, yeah. if you are just going like, this beer is going to have some chocolate in it. <laughs> yeah. And some alcohol, presumably. And let's go from there. Yeah. Then you'll be fine. Like Michael says, it'd be fine if it was on draft. Well, I don't know if it would be fine on draft. It could be fine on draft. Maybe it's even better when it's fresh. Who knows? I don't know. You don't know. None of us will know because, to be honest, I've never heard of at water brewing in my life. <laughs> yeah. Neither have I. So. We, do we say where they're from? I think they're from somewhere in Michigan. That sounds like anyway. a Michigan brewery. Detroit. Uh, Born in Detroit, raised everywhere. Okay. Oh, raised because they raise a beer. I get it. Okay. All right. In any case, that's another one down the gullet. Uh So you can get in touch in a variety of ways. You can do it on Twitter at APMPod, Facebook.com slash APMPod. Email us directly, APMPod at gmail.com. Check us out on Untapped, which recently acquired Beer Advocate. Yeah. (laughs) Or was it the other way around? I think it was... The smaller guy biting the bigger guy. Really? I think so. I don't didn't read the details. I only saw the headline admittedly. Yeah, me, so, me uh, too. I'll look into that more. Um, yes, check us out there where host Emeritus Mike keeps up with all of our ratings. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite app. Uh-huh. Uh, but we'll leave it at that. So for Jeremy, I've been Michael. For Michael, I have been Jeremy. And this has been American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers.